Hey guys, DJ here. This is a disclaimer. Applied Materials is a 100% non-profit, fan-made project set within the Orpheus Protocol game system. The Orpheus Protocol is an actual play podcast and tabletop role-playing game system created by Rob Stith and published by Varkalak Press. If you would like to know more, please check out the main podcast at www.orpheusprotocol.com and patreon.com slash orpheusprotocol if you'd like to show more support for the main podcast. Thank you for your time and please enjoy the following episode. Welcome to Applied Materials, an Orpheus Protocol fan server production. My name is DJ and I will be your host for tonight. Joining me on our journey into the unknown are Paxton as Elias Manusos and Katie as Axel Anderberg. Tonight's episode, The Rest is Silence. The Rest is Silence contains violence, indiscriminate death, rushed escapes and a glimpse of a darker future. Consider this your warning. And so we open on the two of you waking up in hospital beds in, well, a hospital. Uh, Elias, like, cracks his eyes open and starts looking around for something to drink. Axel is as confused as I am right now, um, back to understand the world around him. Um, I think that he remembers knowing that we were supposed to be going towards a hospital. Or, like, that seems all right. So he's not quite as shocked as one could have been. Um, is uh, Elias close to him? or? Yeah, the two of you are next to each other in two separate beds. Do you remember how, you got, how we got here? Um, there were uh, more agents. Uh, they picked us up in a van. They seemed to have everything covered, so I decided to take a nap. Um, Neat. I, I wish I remembered any of their names. It, it all was such a blur. Yeah, certainly would help a social situation in case, you know, you feel any awkwardness towards that. But I assume we're not restrained in any way, right? You're not restrained. Great. Awesome. Uh, Want to take a look around? Uh, sure. As the two of you wake up from your injury-induced stupor, you have a chance to sit up and look around. Uh, this place appears to be a hospital ward that has mostly been cleared out of people. There appear to be some folks, maybe two or three people, in the hospital uniforms. You don't really recognize the logos or anything, really, because, well, you remember that you're in Russia. But you do sort of recognize the general design of the clothes as being scrubs. One of them is actually wearing a white lab coat as well, with a stethoscope around his neck. Some of the other people around here are dressed in military fatigues. They are heavily armed. Some of them seem to be milling around. Some of them seem to be sleeping. And there are also more people here that are dressed kind of like you guys in civilian clothes. And you would reasonably assume that they are also civilians that were just caught up in this whole thing. And the only safe place they had to rest is here. Is my phone still working? Yes. Yes, it is. Lovely. Uh, do I have any messages from my handler or anything like that nope as you take in your surroundings one of the one of the people in scrubs it's a woman she notices that you have woken up and kind of turns yells down a hall and around a corner comes this other average looking dude short brown hair brown eyes he's wearing a tactical vest 
but that appears to be the only soldierly thing about him. You can see that he's, you can see little traces of, or rather little, you can see little glimpses of what looks to be a tweed jacket underneath the tactical vest. And he isn't wearing much other than the vest. He's wearing slacks, boots, generally stuff that you wouldn't expect to see a soldier wear. He also has a pair of glasses and he's carrying a brown briefcase. He walks up to the two of you and says, Good, the two of you are awake. Fantastic. How are Uh, you feeling? As good as I can feel right now, I suppose. Thirsty. Well, unfortunately, water is in short supply, but I'll see what I can get. However, it's good to see the both of you in as good a condition as any, really. May we ask who you are? Yes, we spoke over the phone. My name is JP. Oh, perfect. Wonderful. Very, uh... Very lucky call right there. Indeed. I did not expect the two of you to have working communications after, well, a plane crash. It still boggles the mind that the two of you survived, actually. (laughs) We are both uh, surprisingly hard to kill. Had things to do. I can understand that. Uh, So you can heal 1d3 plus 1 wounds. That is only 2 for me. As well as recharging a 1d3 plus 2 strain of all types. Ah, yes. That is better. All better, in fact. I did that wrong, did I? Oops. So, Katie, you recover two wounds, both mental and physical, and recover four strain of all types. So you recover four physical, four mental, four spiritual. For the first one, I rolled a one uh, for my wounds and then a two for my strain. As that groggy fog clears from your, well, brain, you do feel quite a lot better. You're still in some amounts of pain. The aches and pains of, well, having sat through a massive plane crash are still present within your muscles and your joints and your bones. But for the most part, what bleeding and what open wounds that exist on your body seem to have closed up entirely. And JP says, well, it is good that the two of you are awake. I, well, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> regarding what happens on the flight. Um, and we do have a little bit of time right now. I have a field team as a crash site attempting to recover the black boxes from the plane, the flight data recorder and the cockpit voice recorder. And I have another team, well, they're back here right now and they're currently downstairs in the basement working with a virologist looking to synthesize some samples of the virus that you were transporting. Uh. Well, hope the fallout wasn't too horrible, but we'll see, I suppose. So what exactly happened on the plane? Fill me in. And he and he sits on the edge of one of your beds. Well, um, it was an escort mission, as you're aware. Um, the we realized that there were other people on the plane who, who were a bit who didn't seem to have our best interests at heart pretty early on. Um, and. I was able to knock one of them out, um, and I thought put him out of commission, but uh, when I had looked away, he had gotten a hold of the doctor and uh, put him out of commission instead, a bit more permanently. I had attempted to keep charge of the briefcase going downstairs to meet up with uh, Elias over here, and realizing that the plane was out of control, tried to take some action there, but... um, that didn't end up working out. Uh, Elias, what about your side of things? 
my side of things was remarkably similar. I was able to remove a couple of the assailants, but I hesitated at, at a crucial moment, and um, they were able to overpower me long enough to uh, set the plane into a nosedive. Yeah, by the time we both met up at the front of the plane and attempted, we did our best to try and make it not crash. We were a bit too late, and it's a miracle that we're uh, still around. Indeed, it is a manner of miracle that the two of you managed to survive a plane crash at that high speed. Well, as you probably surmised, we are in Russia. This is a town called Mirny. It is a mining town that, well... Used to be very prosperous, and then the mine shut down a couple of years ago. And it has, the town has enjoyed its prosperity ever since in a quiet sort of way. You crash the plane into, well, the mine pit where the actual mine used to be. It's almost like it was the target, you know, all those concentric circles. Oh, I don't remember aiming. I certainly, I certainly was not. Right. Well, to catch you up on what has been happening over the last few hours. After you crash the plane, the sample that you were supposed to transport to Hong Kong, it, for lack of a better word, got loose and resulted in an outbreak of a viral contagion within the city that it zombified people. Right. I suppose you have seen what, what has happened to the city. Yeah, right at the edge when we first entered. As you can tell, and he gestures to his surroundings, your surroundings. The city is in pretty bad shape. These are what survivors we could feasibly rescue. They were already present here in the hospital as part of the Russian military's efforts to contain this situation. But this is all we have. A few civilians, a few soldiers, a couple of doctors, me, and some of your agents. Well, uh, where, where can we be most helpful? What do you need from us? <laughs> what I need from the both of you is for you to relax and try and rest. We have, we, we are currently preparing for evacuation. As soon as my away team reports that they have gotten the black boxes and are on their way back to the hospital, we will commence with the evacuation efforts. I, I know that way back when leeches were somewhat useful, you know, cleansing the blood, purifying it. Um, I can provide somewhat similar services, but um, I, I guess that modern technology don't really need that quite as much. Happy to cure my wounds a little bit um but he laughs and says yes well we can't afford to create more of well what you are intrinsically among the veils here that would cause even more panic that's a valid point honestly um i'll see what i can do the other office away team is downstairs but i can radio my colleague to see whether one of his guards can procure some bags of blood from the blood bank I would not mind a bit of refreshment either. And say you're thirsty. I I did. Yes, I could tell. In the mean in the meantime, though, try and get some rest. I do not know how long more the away team will be. Well, busy, but I am expecting to hear from them soon, probably within the next few minutes. They have already started searching, and the search might take some time. But I am expecting regular updates from them. Okay. Well, thanks for updating us. Good to see you in person. Mm -hmm. It is good to see the two of you alive and well. For a moment, we thought all was lost. Now just much is lost. Not quite all. We're working on it. Ever so slightly less. 
Right, well, I suppose I should go and get you your refreshments. And he winks. Axel winks back. <laughs> Uh, Elias did not see that because he just, like, closed his eyes and leaned his head back again. Okay, well, you said you needed us to rest, so I guess duty calls. Indeed. Try, try and get as much rest as you can. I'll be back a bit later. He stands up, and just as he's about to leave, you feel more than hear a not-so-subtle vibration in the floor and the glass. Followed not a moment later by the loud crack of an explosion. Is he within reaching distance? Could we get him down to the ground or anything like that? You don't have to because as loud as the explosion was, you don't quite see anything that says that big boom came from nearby. Oh no. But you can see JP start a little bit along with some of the other civilians in the room screaming. Some of the soldiers get up from their posts and look around warily. Some of them are looking out the some of them are looking out the window trying to find out where that explosion came from. Were you expecting that? Uh no, no, I was not. Okay. Uh, I guess nap time's over. He you see you see JP stride his way towards the windows and pull a phone from his pocket, tap a few times on the screen, put it to his ear. He has a little conversation that you can't hear. And then you see him stuff the phone back into his pocket as he makes his way back towards you and says, that was the away team. Apparently, they have been beset by more of the paramilitaries that met you on the plane. Lovely group. Yes. That explosion was their attempt at some, some sort of diversion. They apparently have found both of the black boxes and one of the Orpheus agents is on their way back to the hospital with a contingent of guards. The other agents are staying behind at the crash site to delay the paramilitaries as much as they can. Uh, anywhere we can be useful, or is it still just in bed? Uh, for now, stay there. Try not to move. I will try and get you your refreshments faster. But if I need you, well, you have your phone, right? Uh, Axel waves the phone. Right. Well, make sure when I call you answer, if anything happens. Will do. And uh, he nods and briskly walks away. The two of you sink back into your beds as the events of the last couple of hours slowly catch up with you. Yeah, that wasn't great. Axel, you watched that big burly man break Dr. Rubanov's neck like he was snapping a twig in half. And Elias, you got kneed in the ball so hard you lost consciousness. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, used... And then I used my powers to get a first-person point of view of a man jumping out of a building. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's tiring. And even as Orpheus agents, you have this feeling that this might be another day on the job, but wow, I hate my job. <laughs> I should have just learned programming like my mom told me to. I've seen a few programmers. They're all right to work with. Let me tell you, marketing is really where it's at. Much more travel involved. Though I guess maybe after tonight. I'm I'm not so not so hot on travel anymore, oddly enough. Is there anyone still in the room? Yes. Some of the soldiers have mobilized and left, presumably to guard some posts around this area. The civilians are cowering wherever they can. And what soldiers and medical personnel remain here are milling around trying to calm other people and generally keep the peace. 
Well, if someone ventures close enough, I think that Axel's trying to get a charger for his phone. Uh, I would like you to roll a persuasion check with your charisma, please. Okay. You're trying to get a charger from people, and you don't speak the language. Oh, uh, I, I can help with that. Give me a second to use possession. Most of these people do not speak much of any English. Uh, Elias closes his eyes and uses uh, rank one possession to gain three ranks of uh, language Russian. And then he uh, smiles really big and asks just like obnoxiously cheerfully, sorry, can we get a phone charger for my friend? Axel, roll luck. Okay. Um, yeah, I think plus two. Owing to the assistance of Elias's somehow knowing Russian, you kind of poll the room for anyone who has a phone charger, and one of the civilians answers, yes, they do. And they produce a charger from their backpack that just so happens to match your phone's model. And you are able to stick it in a power socket connected to your phone, and voila, it's charging. I thank them in English and try to nudge uh, Elias to translate for me. Oh, I, gl I gladly do so. Yeah, the guy nods, he smiles, and uh, he says to you, Elias, just make sure that you return it when you're done. I will. The guy walks off and resumes sitting next to a young lady. You don't know how long passes between this point and when between this point and when you are next woken up. In between these two points in time, you have received your quote-unquote refreshments in the form of a single bag of blood each for you, which you consumed behind a curtain because you don't want to really upset the other mundane people here. So in outer character terms, that translates to one blood point each for the both of you. But the next time you are woken up, you are startled awake by the sounds of shouting and gunfire as you watch Russian soldiers rush down the hallway to from right to left, followed by the other Orpheus agents that, that had met you earlier. You recognize Seshi and Erki and Mara making their way around the room, as it were. You watch Erki disappear. You watch Erki's tall, lanky form disappear down a hallway to your left as Seshi and Mara mill around the room trying to keep the other civilians calm, even while the staccato rattle of gunfire erupts from somewhere nearby. You don't know how long this gunfight goes on for. It seems to last forever. But when action does erupt again, it involves a lot of movement as some of the soldiers come back here and start wheeling out beds containing other, you realize, people, injured people. You continue to watch as some of these Russian soldiers start helping up injured people that are either sitting down on the floor or on chairs somewhere. You watch as they help them out of the room. And when it comes down to the two of you, you feel your beds being moved by a combination of these soldiers, some of the other medical personnel, and Axel, at the head of your bed stand two ladies. One of them appears to be quite tall, but still on the average level of tall. Kind of pale looking, but also very beautiful in a haunting way. And the other appears to be much, much shorter. 
the two of them appear to be pushing your bed down a series of hallways amidst the continued sounds of gunfire and shouting. You realize that as the lights above your head change from rather cozy, soft hospital lighting that you're used to, to harsher white lighting, that you have been moved into some sort of elevator. A point that proves itself a few moments later when you hear the sounds of doors closing and then the entire room seems to judder and then shift downwards. The two of you are summarily whisked away down these elevators into a sort of basement area. What you can hear, other than the sounds of boots on concrete and tile, are the sounds of the wheels of your beds crunching broken glass. It is here that both of your beds come to rest, at least for the moment. Elias is going to try to gather some kind of information about what's going on. So do you sit up? Yeah, absolutely. When you sit up, you come face to face with what appears to be a loading bay of some sort. It is a large open area. You appear to be on the bay itself. Essentially, it's a raised concrete ledge that then leads downwards into asphalt, where there appear to be several military trucks with their engines idling, waiting for something. You can see some of the soldiers and... Uh, you recognize Seshi and Mara as they help bundle civilians into these truck into the into the backs of these trucks, followed by the soldiers, slowly filling up one truck and then another and then another. You also see a set of double doors where you see more people emerging, and you are only able to get that snippet before you see one of the soldiers go over to the side of your bed, and he says in Russian, "We are going to move you into the trucks. Are you able to walk?" Um, I am. Yes. And then I turn to Axel and say, uh, they're asking if we can walk. They're trying to fit as many people in the trucks as they can. I think Axel is going to try to enthusiastically swing his legs off the bed and stand up. How successful is he? You do that. However, the last few hours you've spent recovering, as it were, have left your legs in a bit of a jelly state. You swing your legs over the side of the bed. You stand up and then stagger a little bit and the soldier catches you. He hoists one of your arms over his shoulders. And Axel, you can't understand what he's saying, but you can see him wave to someone that you can't see. And then you feel another strong presence on your other side as you feel another soldier sort of get his arm underneath your other arm. Uh, these two soldiers are acting as crutches for you to essentially get help, you know, walking towards one of the trucks. Do I remember the word from thank for thank you from <laughs> however long before? You try, you get it out there. It sounds Russian, you think. Yeah, confidence. It elicits a chuckle from one of the soldiers. Uh, Elias, you are a little bit more successful with your attempt to walk. I, I take it much slower. You still get the assistance of the soldier that woke you up. He, you, you sling his arm over your shoulder and you hobble your way towards the truck. At this point, most of the trucks here are full-on people. There appear to be four of them. Three of them are already full with civilians uh, either sitting on the chairs or lying down in stretchers. This last truck that you are being led to appears to be just for you. There are two stretchers in the bed of the truck. The soldiers help you climb up the back of the truck and you are both instructed to lie down in the stretchers. As the two of you take your places, a couple of minutes pass, more people stream in, more people start streaming into the loading bay. 
And you see that one of them appears to be carrying a pair of bright orange boxes. Is a lady with neck length black hair, kind of curly. She appears to be dressed rather casually for a winter country. And she essentially hauls ass into the back of the truck, followed very closely by a pair of soldiers. As she sets the two boxes down on the ground, she she pushes some hair away from her face and leans back in the seat, leans back on the bench and just breathes a sigh of relief. And a couple more moments pass, and you see Seshi, Mara, Erki, and JP all jump into the back of your truck. Mm-hmm. One of the soldiers pulls the back of the truck back up, clamps it in place. One of the other soldiers sitting near the front of the truck bed thumbs his fist on the back of the cab. And in the span of a few moments, you feel the trucks judder and slowly drive away, picking up speed as they leave this loading bay. This convoy of trucks leaves the loading bay. And as they roll on out onto the main road, you are immediately greeted by another withering hail of gunfire as soldiers in the backs of the truck return fire at presumably the angry American PMCs that are firing on you. But that only lasts for a few moments as the trucks pick up speed. And in the next few moments, the two of you are far and away from this nightmare. As the trucks gain distance away from Myrna, you can see the plumes of black smoke coming from where you imagine the crash site is along with several places in the city. And the scores of wrecked cars, corpses, broken glass, blood and gore that you have left in your wake. Or rather, were the result of the mission that you failed. Oof. Like you to roll a horror check, please, for despair. Lovely. Um, I'm going to roll stability. Okay, I'm going to spend three spiritual strain. Uh, well, hold on. I think I'm only going to spend two spiritual strain and end up at an eight. Let's think. Um, that's better. Um, sure. I'll, let's do three spiritual strain. I think that this is probably important. <laughs> I'm all nice and healed. So that leaves me at a seven. The both of you pass, standing to lose three preventable focus damage. I will prevent all of that with one spiritual strain. Um, then I'll pay one and take one spiritual damage. Yeah, it's... It's bad. You didn't really know how bad it was until you saw just how badly screwed up the city is. You don't know how long passes until the trucks roll to a stop. You appear to be in some sort of forested area. The air here smells fresher. It doesn't smell like, well, burning and death anymore. It smells like clean, fresh, if a little stale air. The view from the back of the truck looks like green forest surrounding another set of structures. However, these structures appear to be abandoned, or at least very old, and haven't been used in a long time. You feel your stretchers being moved by these soldiers as you are hoisted off the bed of the truck and then down. You are... And as you are brought out of the trucks, you realize that you are in an abandoned town. You don't know which direction you've been brought in, but this place is most definitely abandoned. The streets are empty. The buildings have been overtaken by nature. There is no one here except you guys and some more elements of the Russian military. You can see there's a bunch of tents scattered around the place. 
a few more vehicles, crates full of supplies. And the two of you are brought into a larger structure that houses a big tent. You can see that the other Orpheus agents, the Europeans, are following you for a moment. And then they disappear into a smaller tent within this bigger one. And the two of you are left essentially to your own devices out here under the watch of maybe one or two soldiers. And I would like the both of you to roll an awareness check with perception. Oh yeah, I remember we were a really bad perception group. I'm a four. I'm going to say that's fine. I will also get a four. Now that you're out of that hellhole, it's quiet here. It's nice. No more crackling fire, searing pain, screaming, death, blood. It's nice out here. Quiet enough that you can hear scattered conversation happening within the tent to your left. Elias, you recognize the voices of the other European agents, Seshi, Erki, Mara, JP, along with some others, one of whom you recognize as an American accent, a lady of sorts. The two of you overhear the general conversation. They appear to be debriefing. JP is going over what happened during the mission, what might have went awry. The lady identifies herself as Carla. And she says that she was able to recover both of the plane's black boxes from the crash site, which, Elias, you can reasonably assume are the two bright orange boxes. Yes, the black boxes are the orange boxes. You don't overhear all of the conversation because it is routinely interrupted by a helicopter flying in, landing presumably somewhere. And when you turn your head around to look outside this structure, you see that the soldiers are bundling people into the helicopter. The helicopter departs, and it appears to be coming back quite routinely. And you imagine that this is part of the whole evacuation effort to get these civilians and survivors away from this place as fast as they can. But what you can overhear is that they appear to be also talking with another Russian man who identifies himself as Volkov. You don't quite know who he is, but he appears to be talking some sort of sciencey stuff. You don't catch all of the specifics, but they appear to be talking about the viral infection that you were tasked with protecting, and then subsequently the plane crashed, it got released into the city, and this person appears to have recovered some usable samples, including from the two of you. Mm -hmm. That's not great. I wonder how that got there. I'm going to like make sure I don't have any like rotting flesh on me or anything like that. You check yourselves over, relieved to find no patches of rotting flesh or diseased skin. The conversation continues as to what's going to happen. You kind of catch a bit from JP saying something about a safe house in Paris, along with stuff about this Volkov guy heading to Hong Kong to finish the work that Dr. Rubinoff left, uh, left behind. And a couple of minutes later, the conversation dies down, relegated to silence, as another set of helicopter rotors approach. As you hear the helicopter come closer and closer, and then you imagine you, it touches down somewhere within this, this abandoned place, you can see some of the soldiers gathering around this big tent and then they grab your stretchers and pull you guys and pretty much 
pull the two of you out of this tent and towards a a big clearing in this abandoned town where you can see there is a transport chopper quote-unquote idling on the grass waiting for the two of you presumably your stretchers are bundled into the back of this helicopter and you think that it would have taken off like immediately but you can see the two of you can see that it is not only you guys that are getting into this helicopter the black-haired woman that has the two black boxes is also getting in with, along with you the woman named carla axel i'd like you to make one more awareness check with your perception please well let's see how this goes hey that's not bad uh i don't have anything better to do might as well put some mental strain in there um i'll use all three so i got a six all right elias roll an endurance check with your vitality please let me just make sure I don't have any abilities that apply to this directly. In this situation, I rolled a minus one on the dice, and I have no skill ranks in endurance. So I will spend the one physical strain that I'm allowed to to get myself up to a three. Axel, over the sounds of the helicopter rotors as you ascend into the sky and leave the vicinity of the plane crash, you hear Elias have a bit of a coughing fit. Elias, you don't know how long it's been since you woke up in that plane crash. You don't know how long it's been since the plane crash, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And even though you were feeling shitty back then, and with JP's help, you feel moderately less shitty, right now you can feel all of your aches and pains from the plane crash catching up to you, along with something else. It feels like a itch at the back of your throat and you cough a few times to clear it uh you doing okay over there uh <clears throat> i uh, i think i just need some more water or i don't know i'm just suddenly it's all hidden me again i <clears throat> um you know what maybe i'm <clears throat> maybe i'm not actually okay <clears throat> i think i'm gonna be holding up the I assume there's like some sort of blanket or stretcher thing or like coat that I can just like fold up in front of like the place in between me and him. Oh, you use your jacket essentially. Yeah. Can I take a look around, see if there's anyone else who can help? In the back of the helicopter, it's only the two of you and the American woman who appears to be sitting closer to the front of the cargo bay. She appears to be slumped over and it looks like she's asleep. And as the two of you settle down for what might just be a long-haul flight back to civilization. Axel, you can't quite tell what you see. When Elias lays back down as his coughing fit subsides, you can see that there appears to be a small bit of blood on his palm where he held his hand up to mask his coughing. Along with, you don't know if it's the trick, it, you don't know if it's a trick of the light or something else. But did his skin just crawl? This has been Applied Materials. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to Paxton for playing Elias Munusos, Katie for playing Axel Anderberg. Do follow the show at Applied Mats on Twitter to keep up with the podcast, and I will see you in the next episode. Good night.
far away on the other side of the world, six Orpheus agents convene on a remote and abandoned mining island in the South China Sea. Their mission, to investigate the island and track the survivors of the ghost ship moored off its coast. Next time on Reconstruction. <laughs>